Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantastic Book Club. I'm Swastik and I'm Tanisha. And today we continue with our journey through Cinder, the first book in the Lunar Chronicles. So, enjoy. So today the chapter we start with is chapter 28. Right off the bat, I would like to notice and like point out one thing that, okay, in this scene, like Sybil, Levana, Kai and Torin are all are having a meal in this royal table. Oh, <laughs> oh you are anticipating something happening, right? Ah, I know. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they have uh, like, they have all sat down for this meal and they're having the meals with chopstick. And I'm like, Wow. just because it's chopstick like i've never seen a movie or a book or a series of any sort like which shows the use of chopstick which is not like originally asian or like i mean they are not they are not like the mainstream utensils that we use to eat food it's just not depicted yeah i mean we are asian but it is not even used here so yeah yeah i mean yeah so that like, was i really don't know like when people talk about asian they talk about i don't know the section of korea japan china more than the yeah. southeastern part but the southeastern part is like a big part right i don't know like, <laughs> exactly like think uh, of asian with the people with monolid eyes <laughs> exactly like uh when they say asian the race or ethnicity asian ethnicity then they mean like only the eastern asians and the southeastern asians the southern yeah. asians they are like indians or something like even pa- pakistanis are called indians sometimes like that's the weirdest stuff but yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, that's the thing i mean i've seen this as a continuous joke like uh, a pa- pakistani would be called oh you are an indian then and they they would correct them like no i'm a pakistani not an indian so yeah <laughs> anyways so they have sat down for this meal and this is like such a cruel and intense chapter uh, okay so they are having like these political discussions and whatever like i mean these you know this is the point like it signifies that they are not normal people i mean when you have political discussions about the country's future knowing the fact that you are the person who are holding the reins of the country's future that's the point then you understand that you are not like this table talk is not a normal or casual table talk this is table talk is determining the country's future and yeah that mm-hmm. that's that's what makes them so much different and lakes livana livana so while that is going on when they are having a meal a servant appears and serves livana a mirror and then thing with lunars and the mirrors and it just is a disaster it's a disaster it is uh, instead it is. You, you, like she should have uh waited she should have served a uh, pork loin and rice noodles and instead of that she had <laughs> she had served a mirror and livana is like oh my god you filthy mortal how dare you disgustingly annoy me <laughs> like disrespect me and she's like <laughs> she's like livid 
Levana is livid with rage. Like, yeah, she is. And Kai, who was like having this normal conversations with her, obviously he was not lacking the normal, normal. conversations. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like uh, he gets frightened too because I mean, Levana. the person who is like the most composed who tries to at least through her glamour she appears to be the most composed and the person who is in control she has lost her control and is oh my god this cruel queen is angry so yeah she she gets angry and to the point that she's like sibyl immediately punish her and sibyl gets up what happens next it's Oh my oh my god it's disturbing it's disturbing. to say the least it's disturbing to the very core like it it unsettled me so much i'm a jumbled puzzle at this point so like sibyl gets up from the table and she doesn't have she is not wearing the mask of emotions on her face she is like this blank face who like picks up this knife and she hands out the handle part of the knife towards the servant And she's like she has no emotion drawn on her face like she is just this blank face <laughs> and the servant is starting to cry she is begging for mercy because she is obviously like the queen of luna who has all these powers is angry on her and wants to punish her and she is obviously scared of life but she extends her hand and accepts the knife's handle and then she points the knife towards her eye and she's like draws it closer and i'm like oh my god what the, what the hell is going to happen what what is going on? what the hell is going on and kai understands that and he's like wait stop what the hell are you doing how dare you do that like how you cannot do that when you are here and civil is like oh no she did something and she is going to be punished and kai or turin someone is like No, you don't know that she did that mistake there may be some other person who did the mistake we should l- at least find out who did the actual mistake and punish them and civil it comes up with this amazing explanation of her own which like literally boils me with rage she says that maybe she didn't make the mistake but you know what what is like convenient punishing her so that seeing her the person who made the mistake would feel guilt which is going to be the more effective punishment on our part i'm like, and i'm like what what the hell and she is the head thaumaturge of luna and at this moment i'm just like for all the lunars i'm so i'm just feeling sympathy for them like oh my god this is your king a queen sorry not king <laughs> i just got yeah. married <laughs> but i mean i don't know like oh. the thing about civil is she i i never understand this particular thing how do the most you know most cruel people end up with the most loyal servants have you seen like in real life too that has to be a pattern that the yeah. most cruel people end up with the most loyal servants how why oh my like, I I never understand this. Yeah, like oh, <laughs> that there is a revelation on my part. But yeah, like that makes so much sense. Why does that even happen? Like, is there is there an explanation at some point in the story? Like, 
is there a story why Sybil starts to follow Levan or Levana does something for Sybil or something like Uh, not actually, but the way it is put uh, out in the story, if uh, Levena ever loses, you know, her crown and uh, her cousins, like they don't come up, then the traumatists would have the power, like over the throne. So What? after the entire royal family, they are the next in line. You get it, like if the queen uh, gets off the throne and her family doesn't uh, like claim the throne then the traumatized the head traumatized would be the queen well, then, but the, if the queen dis- dismisses her then like she cannot be right but still like what the then oh my god i would like murder the queen at the first point and i would be the queen if i were sibyl like I mean, again, that Levana is way really stronger than her. I, I I understand that, but what? what? Honestly, you would see, you would see, like things like that have happened in the past. Huh? In the story, like somebody killing somebody for throne. That that happens actually in real world all the time. Like not now, <laughs> but the back then yeah. when monarchs actually existed, people just killed each other for fun or uh. throne. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean okay the i don't know like the imagery that's just put out there like that i don't so know the, disturbing and disgusting and i don't know something about the inter- like you know s- slicing somebody's skin is something because it will heal over some time like that is bad too but I, it will heal right i'm leaving a scar uh, but if you i i just don't know it is like Ah. You know what trembles ah. me even more like it just trub not trembles but troubles troubles but <laughs> like <laughs> the fact that Sybil was like I mean obviously she was using her powers to influence the servant into punishing herself but the fact that Sybil was doing that while maintaining a straight face which in which indicated that she was not even affected by what's happening in front of her i mean being a a person being in the audience is something else like being in our positions we are feeling like this is horrible how can this even happen this is terrific being kai is something else he is seeing that in real life being levana is something else because she has ordered that thing to happen and she's the person who is angry so okay but sibyl she's the person doing she's the executor and she execution <laughs> executor but and she's the person doing that while maintaining a straight face without showing any emotions and while making this eye contact with the person who is bawling for mercy while at the same time influencing her to carve her eye out like what level of determination and hate and emotionlessness you have to attain to gain that power i i i don't know i don't have words this is you know wow. uh, this is something interesting because throughout the story like after reading the entire story you would see that this specific thing you're talking about is a little exclusive to sibyl and if we really don't know why maybe it's like her character but the other traumatizers they are more like what can i say active sadists sadists like they 
a draw pleasure from doing all that harm but uh-huh. in case of sibyl she was just like she is not even present in the scene like she's just i don't know she's not there and the thing that bothers me most is the fact that i did tell you right like she is the equivalent for mother gotha yeah so she did raise a baby from her like when she was a baby to when she becomes a teen she raised that entire human so like i don't know uh, yeah i i wow i don't know how what to feel like but the being a sadist who is drawing pleasure from another person's suffering like in this particular scenario is that worse or being civil who like just drops all the emotions and does the job bloody job literally bloody job is more yeah. intense because uh, the other like uh, you know she's the head traumatist the person who is next in line for that position is a dude called amory and he uh, is the kind i was talking about like he would laugh and snarl at people's faces while implementing the punishment or whatever and this seems to be a trend in luna that you punish them by their own hand like you are not doing that with a oh. knife right you oh, are always man. like making them use their hand generally that is the trend wow okay this kind of cruel uh, that's cruel on another level like yeah okay um <laughs> so i mean i can't even move past this fact like because this lunatic <laughs> pun intended <laughs> yeah lunatic, i got that um execution of criminals or i don't even care if they are criminals or whatever like this punishment executions are like it it literally brings up an analogy in my head about the people who die of suicides because like they don't do that to themselves all people all the people are like the society says like they did that to themselves they are not doing that to themselves they have been pushed to do that they have been there have been causes there have been people there have been incidents that had led them to do that that has forced them to go to such a point that they could not bear it anymore and they did that to themselves so they have not done that to themselves and this external force has forced them to themselves which has the upper hand here apparently and you have to f- like defy that force in order to survive and not everyone has the power but everyone in the world is like just grasping for that power and that's life <laughs> i mean like yeah, yeah i mean th- that just made the sad thing more sad but know. also realistic i feel like i mean yeah it did it did <laughs> so moving back to the story as we always do <laughs> um so kai being the gentleman and the amazing prince that he is takes the blame and says like she did not put the mirror there i asked her to do that or i ordered them to do that and that was supposed to be an inside joke or whatever but now i understand that that was culturally inappropriate because you people can't 
be bothered to look at your faces because you know like looking at your own faces in the mirror is so hectic for you guys like you can't do that yeah so no that was very bad on my part and like i see that jokingly he say that being terrified of livana because he knew that all the wrath is going to befall on him and that happened livana looked at him and he like physically felt all his nerves getting having an impact on him like it was weird but then livana like it was just uh, basically livana then leaves the room and she's like i don't have any more appetite left so sebel come with me we are going to leave them and when kai when she leaves the room kai is like literally falls on the ground because that impact just got like he was released of this sudden grasp invisible grasp that livana was holding on him and it was a relief fall or something but basically he recovered from that impact and then he got up on the table like not got up on the table but like looked at the table looked at the plate and then he noticed that that mirror had a lunar rune on the back side of it and todin says she was testing you i mean what the hell what the hell was that she's not only a lunatic queen she is this amazing oscar winning actress like huh and she she's such a gaslighter isn't she like she yeah. led the entire room to believe that she's the victim and that is the reason you know they're trying to save the person but at the same time they cannot be like we did not do anything wrong he's trying to make sure that we did something wrong but we didn't do that intentionally he's trying to justify the act and the thing was done by her and like it makes sense because i think in a way levana needed to know that if kai will sacrifice himself for his people yeah levana like, had that conversation yeah levana had that conversation and she was like i came to know about something about you i guess you came to know something about me too and kai kai had an amazing line there like that you tend to rule with fear than justice and she was like no young prince that i know how to choose my battles that conversation was wow <laughs> <laughs> so the scene shifts but the chapter doesn't so there's a little bit left of the chapter and what's left that is even even that's heavy <laughs> like there's this messenger that's appears on the doorway and guys like what the hell can't you like why is this happening as if we are living in the 2020s you know like we are not we are in this certain tce or something like that era we have we are long <laughs> gone into the future so yeah no physical messaging but then he checks his belt and he was like oh shoot levana did request no not to bring any post screens into the dining so yeah what was that again messenger <laughs> and the messenger was like <laughs> uh there was some break in or like some androids were crashed in the quarantine center and kai was like what why would that happen and yet something which was yet more weird was waiting for him that that attacker was supposedly not affected by lethumosis which on itself is weird for kai because 
every person on earth was nearly now like okay not every person was affected by leiomosis but at least anyone who came in contact with leiomosis patients or like anywhere what was being dealt with the patients contracted leiomosis so yeah but what was even weird was that the messenger said a boy seems to be recovering his name was chang sunto okay like wow <laughs> like last episode was too emotional because peony died i'm still recovering from that i'm still recovering from that but yeah send a dead give the antidote to sunto which was supposed antidote and we thought that it might not have been the antidote but i guess it is because sunto recovered apparently and <laughs> i mean that's a funny sentence there like uh, the messenger says the boy seems to be recovering guys like from what the attack <laughs> and the messenger is like no your highness <laughs> recovering from the disease and that's how the chapter ends i like i just imagining guy gaping at the messenger what what how can that even happen and yeah yes So with that we leave the royal palace back there and we and the scene shifts to Cinder the POV of Cinder who is just returning home and why Cinder's stepmom Audrey has an ingenious way of calling her daughter not daughter again her cyborg what pet or something that she thinks of Cinder <laughs> the charge Cinder. cyborg charge. charge charge i think they call them charge Or ward or something like that. I don't know. Ward. I guess. Yeah, ward. Yeah, that would make more sense. Her cyborg ward back home. How you ask? By arresting her. Cool, isn't it? <laughs> so, and okay. I just, I just need to make this very clear. This is the sentence that I wrote. I need to mention right before the chapter even begins. So I wrote, if Levana is a, okay, no, a female dog. in actions then adri is one in her words oh wait and in actions <laughs> this this chapter was just uh, i mean every single chapter you know, is it's infuriating this every single chapter is making me angry at this point i'm like having severe anger management issues um oh <laughs> But yeah, the next chapter is going to make me so sad. But anywho, so Cinder enters into their apartment, and immediately, right off the bat, Adri is like, "You stole money from me. You were not supposed to have freedom. You were not supposed to exist. You were existing, so you are the criminal." And like, whoa, 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 whoa! Like literally, she is accusing Cinder of every single thing that she, like, her mere existence, and she like. Pokes at her not being completely human so many times. It's like it's it's so cruel. At one point, she even said that you're not human. And then there's like I am human. I have emotions. And Adi literally sees that. Oh really? Then can you shed some tears for Peony? Because I've been doing that all morning and I've got tired of that. And. How can you even say that? Like, it's 
I don't even know. Like it's <sighs> not even like telling a person who can't, like who doesn't have fingers to draw. It it's and thousand times worse than that. Like crying is one of the basic biological human rights. It it's not even legal human rights. It's like biological human rights. And Cindy doesn't have that. Why? Because she is a cyborg. I mean, couldn't the scientists just attach to duct tapes and not duct tapes, well duct tape <laughs> ducts to her eyes and something like why Actually, why I think <sighs> you know like the tear ducts are should be connected to something right and the like the back half of her brain is just machines and they cannot really add it to have tears right like the part of her brain that uh, you know i don't know understands emotions is completely separate from the part of her brain that has all that machines from uh, in installed and that part of her brain mm-hmm. is connected to her eyes so i don't think like they could do the two things together yeah that makes more sense her retina display and all that so mm-hmm. yeah that would make more sense but it was insanely cruel of rd to poke at poke fun at it she's not even poking fun at it she is literally like using that means to hurt cinder like yeah and apparently you know, remember when uh, dr ornal told her that it's a shame you cannot blush and he told it like that was also something but he told it in a what can i say just teasing kind of manner not yeah. exactly blaming her for something yeah like, <laughs> and this was blaming and this is like way yeah. way 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 worse like oh man so as if that was not enough like adri even comes up with some punishments i don't know what to do with adri at this point really because i don't even want to explain like she's just cruel she's just cruel she basically ground cinder and grounding for cinder is not supposedly something that the parents do to their children when they are unruly apparently for cinder the grounding is legal like she can't leave their house she can only go to the booth to earn some money for first of all who is earning the money it's cinder because she goes to the booth and she is the renowned mechanic of new beijing and adri is like you are stealing my money whose money the money that she, uh, she is earning through sender i mean you know what actually i i like have serious doubts about the cyborg rights that are present in this tlc world like it's yeah it's to- like it is also a big part of the story that is yet to come because sender uh, you know sender raises her voice against it and everything but it is told over time and time again like cyborgs were treated even worse than this just before this thing like oh. they were literally treated like pets and after you know uh, after that uh, the cyborgs started uh, you know having a re- revolution and because they were more powerful they were they could like you know hurt human beings more easily because of course they have metal yeah it's going on exactly. in their body and they have other like, things so that made the humans believe that they are even more like 
Vatican is more powerful and more dangerous. And they just, they did take away some Vatican's restrictions, but mostly they made sure that they can never, what can I say, attack humans again. So there was some history behind this entire animosity that goes on between the cyborgs and the humans generally. Oh, I was going to say that they need a revolution. Apparently, they had a revolution and this is the post effect of it. I mean, like, it's way, way into the future. Seriously. Like, honestly, <laughs> though, like, remember when there was the entire freedom thing going on in our country, like, yeah. the English people were ruling. It was a colony of the English people. So, back then, they had to make so many revolutions to make things better because the initial revolutions just ended up making things worse, of course, because they were feeling threatened. But they had to make yeah. it constant. Uh, they had to make a constant effort to get somewhere. And exactly. Yeah, because they had two governments, right? There was the English government, but at the same time, there was also the Indian government that was trying to like help some, some people were getting together to help each other. But here, in case of cyborgs, they do not have like this community. They are literally the belonging of another person. So they cannot really oh, build a community. So it has to be worse. It has to be worse. And honestly, this like this specific concept raises the question in my mind, whether is this an utopian society or a dystopian society? Because I don't think there's anything utopian about this, but I guess there can be because... I don't know. The world itself sounds like a positive place if you are not urban and if you're not cyborg, I guess. But for the lunars, no, no you're not even for I lunars. Don't know. Honestly, it, it just seemed like if you are rich, your future is going to get better and better. And if you're poor, it's going to get worse and worse. Remember the beginning of the story, the like the moment the story actually was starting, there was this stark difference between the city and the like the dingy places yeah, around the market. Right, exactly. Remember, like I don't know, I always felt like she was kind of like in her own way, like Marisa Mary was trying to tell in her own way that this is going to happen. Like the rich people are going to have a better and better life and the poor people are going to have a more, more, what can I say? Degraded kind of life where they, like if you see the life of poor people in Luna, it is worse. Like it, it is so much oh. worse than the life today, at least what I know as oh the poor section, but it could be worse. And I don't know what is, I don't know, but man. It gave you an existential crisis, didn't it? The question itself. Yeah. And I don't know. The, but, and, and I know that where do we lie? Like we are the exactly. middle class people, right? Where, where do we lie? <laughs> what is going to happen oh. to us? Oh, man. Moving on from our existential <laughs> crisis now. So, oh, wait. Yeah, some more, on and on. <laughs> there's some more cruelty waiting for Cinder. She can't go to the ball, which again, Cinder is obviously denying the fact that she wants to go to the ball. And she's like, ah, I don't care. But she does want to. So. We knew that. This is Cinderella's story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hall. This part, though, like the next things that's going to come up, this is just, I don't know what this is. This is not even, like, it is cruel to a point, 
but it's more like weird the way you someone would come up with such a kind of punishment so sender has to like quote unquote submit her food to adri before she can move anywhere like she has a foot she paid for it she owns it why not give it to her just for the sake of getting the upper hand control and because apparently those 600 units you own like just let her earn the money to pay you back no she has to submit her foot like does it even look cool when she is like limping through your house through the rooms she's just and she's like oh i was just collecting the bread and butter from my kitchen to feed myself and yeah look at me limping like is that a happy imagery to you like this weird as punishment but yeah that that's cruel for sender though that is cruel for sender but yeah this act out here sets the rest of the story into motion i tell what things, like literally in this like at this point she like sent the ball rolling like adri sent the ball rolling and that is the reason the entire story happens what wow <laughs> oh my wow okay. i told you like everything she writes I, that is the thing i like the most about the series everything she writes she writes so casually i feel like okay this is not going to have any impact and then i was like i don't know what happened <laughs> <laughs> oh okay interesting i'm going to watch out for the ball now so ah. but the last punishment that was cruel af just you can't do this to anyone adri asks senda to get into her room because she has apparently some garbage that has been strewn on her bed that she needs senda to work on so that she can do make something out of it senda like goes into her bed storms inside her bedroom and she is like letting all this anger out through breathing because as we all teenagers do all of us do like we get into the bedroom breathe out the anger frustration and every single emotion <laughs> and then we are like some minutes later we are normal again and when cinder finally calms down she looks at the mess that is her room there were some additions to the mess and the additions were two aluminum arms and one of that still had one peony's velvet ribbon tied around the wrist i knew this was going to become emotional i knew it i knew it from the first moment peony's velvet ribbon oh my oh my god oh my god oh. as i said adri is a female dog in words as well as actions and there was molten plastic and she did like rummages through it and finally finds a small chip which is the eco's personality chip because that's all that had remained of eco's identity and she like holds on to it and cries her heart out and words are failing me <laughs> yeah it just mm-hmm. 
like Peony's death was something because she was human, but Eco, I don't know, like something was more intense about Eco, knowing the fact that she is not human, she is an android, and the fact that she has so intense human emotions still, and her yearning to become a normal girl, just like you know, like any other normal preteen girl. Like and Yeah, exactly. She acted like a tween most of the time. That's what makes it so much harder. Like Eco not being there. Eco has something else. Like I don't know. Eco should be there throughout the story. I did not see that coming. And I hate Adri for that. I hate Adri for that. I hope she dies a horrible death. Does she die a horrible death? Mm, not actually. No. no. Like Does she, she die? goes through a lot, but not, not actually. Like oh my god! A... I'm frustrated. <laughs> Even when she's going through a lot, she's kind of horrible. So I don't know. But you know what? Actually, that's better because if she actually died and she said something like when Snape did something, you know, in Harry Potter, like that moment, <laughs> that would be that would be such a trait, like such a traitor trait of Marissa towards us. I, I that would be some story turner and everything. That would be a plot twist which we have never expected, and I did not want that. I want to hate Adri as much as I hate Livana. So yeah, it's good that she doesn't die, and I don't feel sorry for her. I want to hate her. Moving on from chapter 29 and from this sad, which turned happy weirdly. Anyways, um, it didn't <laughs> happy. We made some weird comments. So, yeah. Uh, moving yeah, on to we chapter were praying somebody to not die because we want to feel <laughs> horrible about them. Good. Because we want to hate them. Oh, oh man. Teenage emotions. That's hormones speaking. <laughs> Um, moving on to chapter 30. So it's like two or three weeks later and Cindy is right now sitting, sitting at her booth as Adri and Pearl were shopping for the ball. And it's expressed that Cinder has closed her business because, <laughs> I mean, it's a peculiar uh, situation because uh, Adri doesn't know that she has closed her business. But Cinder is not allowing any customers to take in their, you know, broken port screens or whatever, anything to be fixed. Because she's like, I can't fix them because I'm going to leave the country soon. So I can't return them to you. And I don't have time to work on that. So she has closed her business. And she, meanwhile, has been fixing the car. And it's expressed that last night, it had sparked to life. And uh, like... In two, three weeks, once at least should have been noticed. She should have been noticed like once. Like neglecting parents, that's what Audrey is. She's not even parents, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she lost a child, actually. She should be mourning. And I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, but... Whatever. Anywho, so she has been sneaking out of her house, repairing the car, and apparently the car has been brought back to life. Like, say, there is a magician. So... 
she has fixed a car almost at least and she's planning on leaving the country and there's this one specific phrase they would be free and cinder says that it's her eco's personality chip and peony's id chip and they would be free because she had promised them that they would take her i mean like ah oh. i had forgotten about that thing honestly yeah and and later on there was this another line like how long, like it was like how long do i have to carry the ghosts of them along with me <laughs> oh that was again it hit me the same way but i don't know I honestly think... can i tell you one thing that i don't know but is that spoiling maybe it is can i spoil something i don't know i have this <laughs> i i want to spoil one thing yeah I... sure eco eco comes back like i mean she has to that that's like, not even spoiling the personality chip is the thing to. yeah she yeah. has to come i back just wanted to make clear like uh. she isn't god ah I, i i know i know i know i know i know but the fact that adri like does that to eco that was that was that enraged me because like yeah exactly how would you feel if you were suddenly put in the body of another human after living in this body for so many years exactly that's the, that's the total point so yeah i know that eco is coming back sure but like the but yeah the fact that cinder is carrying them with her like at least this feeling of them always being with her through their pieces of their identity literal pieces of their identities that's that's sweet and sad at the same time but sweet meanwhile the net screens in her booth was showing the marketplace preparing for the festival and i, I don't know this is such a eerie feeling like you are in a booth and you're looking at this net screen which is showing some place where very close to and you know that if you go out you would be caught in the camera like there are chances that you being caught in the camera and you're like not because you want to see it through the i've done that in real life once and that's just such an eerie feeling but yeah that was listen mm, you know i used to play like that i i mean i by playing i mean i used to go to shops i not for that but maybe i have gone to some shop and i would stand exactly in front of the uh, you know the computer where it shows uh, all, yeah. all the ca- what the cameras are capturing yeah. and i would also angle myself in a way to stand in front of the camera and then i would just <laughs> stare at myself through this i know i've done that too what kind uh-huh. of weird person i was but yeah i would uh-huh. always do that every time i went to a shop where i could find both ah uh-huh. me doing that too so yeah she is doing that but now the scene changes in the next screen and it is showing sunto the miracle child the plague survivor and i'm like <laughs> the people obviously it's very logical that everyone is getting so like wow hopes hopeful. are raised hopeful yeah also. everyone is hopeful and like they're also somehow like amazed by the fact that someone has recovered from lithiumosis which is like literally like a death sentence given by your life to yourself but yeah that that that's amazing for them that's hopeful for them but one thing that was not hopeful was the fact that cinder could have been recognized through the footage 
and she could have been arrested because she has crashed literally two androids in the quarantine center and i mean yeah so that didn't happen mm-hmm. because the cameras could not get a footage of her like a clear footage at least through which she could be recognized and even if there were any footage audrey hadn't paid any attention to her so yeah that's cool <laughs> while this is going on at the same time like dr orland has been paying her regularly and like he had kept his promise he was paying her in to her link directly which did not allow audrey to transact the money from her bank account and so she was getting all the money and the, all the money she was getting she was literally using it for buying a tank full of gasoline which was discussed in one of the first chapters that gasoline was so precious at this point that mm. it was used only by the rich people so yeah that makes sense but also at the same time sindri is going to literally burn her money out so interesting <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a very strange part but yeah interesting yeah so when she's like in this trance state and conveying us what has been she's like catching us up to date uh catching us up to date i'm so cringe anyways <laughs> a child enters with a malfunctioning port screen Cinderella is very casually she like takes it looks at the screen and she's like the screen is not working she takes the port screen smacks it corner on the table and it beams on and she's like try that on next time <laughs> and the child leaves without paying her which she didn't even ask for and i'm like kudos Cinderella kudos i just and honestly that happens now also have you never like patted a remote to exactly. life We, you know what that's like that's like an indian tradition i don't even want to like stereotype indians but that's like an indian tradition we all have in our living rooms whenever the tv remote is not working slap it three times on your thighs and then press the power button and it goes on i do it on my knees it's always more <laughs> effective on the knees i think oh. everybody has their own type see how far yeah. see we're diverse <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um so yeah well this is going on and she is still like not out of the trance state suddenly someone says are you all right and she is like who is that guess who prince kai is there again like he doesn't leave cinder alone she just cannot like leave cinder alone for one whole chapter he just can't so well, he, he did leave her for 3 weeks So I guess But, that is the peak. Oh uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that makes more sense. But now he has been calming her and she has not been responding to her, which is even more weird. Even more weird because he has calmed her six times and she has not responded one time, which should give you some clue that this girl doesn't want to talk to you. But at the same time Cinder does want to talk to him, which is hidden in Cinder's emotions. <laughs> But Kai Kai is a peculiar character to be honest. Yeah, like he is just stubborn that I like this girl, she has to like me. How can you be yeah. so confident that he she would like you back? You I, I don't know, the confidence in Kai is astronomical. Yeah. So apparently Kai has brought her a gift 
and i just love this line that was said here used here the paper was gorgeous the wrapping job less so i don't know what i don't like to stereotype men but this is a male stereotype i don't care who said like this is something that like okay not even men okay i am not even going to say that what i was going gonna say that's just too much mainstream for me i i'm not going to say that but yeah like <laughs> i love like those chippings where a person is clumsy or at least like cannot do something so aesthetically while the other person can or at least tries to and i don't know like when you put effort into something making something and that something turns out terribly clumsy i just like that like i also love that ah personally when i try to make something i would throw out anything that comes up and you know comes up lacking in any way i just yeah. don't know i have like yeah. my own pet peeves when i am gifting somebody something but exactly. in case anybody like gives something clumsy it just makes it more what can i say handmade exactly oh my god yeah i totally made the vibe uh, yeah so she he hands her over this certain gift when he hands her this gift she is like no i won't take that he is like what i can buy you a gift she is like no you can't is why i haven't answered six comms of you and you still don't get a hint what kind of a person are you and he is like why let me just work it out can't we like just tell me where did i go wrong did i do something wrong and she is like no yes guys like no yes what she <laughs> does this ah oh, and this is the point where it gets emotional yet again like this book is literally a roller coaster of humor and sad things humor and sad things <laughs> yeah. yeah it is so Sandra tries to tell Kai, explain it to Kai that why she can't be in a relationship with him, or at least like even a like probably a relationship with him because number one she's a mechanic, number two she oh. is a cyborg, number three she is a lunar, and like every every step with every piece of her identity she is like. I'm getting away from every single chance that binds me with you so I just cannot be and she like feels every single part of her identity makes people hate her so much more she just doesn't even allow herself to be loved and that makes me feel sorry for her and and she even she even goes to a point that she is like let me just unsheath my iron hand and like you know take off my glove and he would know he would know that i am a cyborg and he would run away and he would leave to pull my shop record yes and said to boy and he was like and but at the last moment she literally could not do that because she was like i can't do that i cannot do that i can't make him hate me and that was the point she came up with the only explanation that she could and she said because of you kept going on and on about the stupid ball <laughs> and this sentence ends with saying cringing at every single word she uttered and 
Yeah, it does. Like she is. She wants to go out with her. She wants to go out with Kai. And well, then Kai asks her out to lunch, and she's like, "Absolutely not. I pay money to rent this boat. I'm not just going to abandon it because some prince shows up." <laughs> Prince. Oh, oh man, that's that's like that's Cinder. Oh man, Cinder. So she says that, and Kai kind of. This is a weird thing. I almost thought like the situation that grew up right here, like the situation built up some way that I thought Kai was going to sit on Cinder's lap. <laughs> 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 What did you think that? I mean, he was like drawing closer to Cinder and sat right next to her, right? And he was like <laughs> emptying the toolboxes and whatever. I was like, is he gonna sit in Cinder's lap? And <laughs> oh, but he doesn't. Spoiler alert: He doesn't. <laughs> he sits next okay. to Cinder. Yeah, so he sits next to Cinder. he kind of like sighs out out of frustration i don't know frustration or losing hope or tired of losing hope guy was like i thought if i managed to convince you to coming to the ball with me maybe there was a chance i might have in convincing levana not to marry me and like something to find some other way like it was almost like he said that she was his last ray of hope and you know this was such yeah. i think this was an allusion to the last leaf in a very strange way remember like those two things weren't really attached to each other but one thing meant the other thing to the person who was died so uh, yeah yeah and also he like very passively very very passively but very strongly conveys that confesses his feelings for cinder and he was like it's not like that that if i say to the queen that i have feelings for someone she is going to change her decision or something and mm-hmm. cinder was like it the words tingled within her body when she heard that and i was like ah oh, this is the point like Okay, Marisa finally made me from cringing at her romantic corners of the story to making me feel lovesick. Like, I mean, <laughs> the power of literature, the power of the author, hey. the power of literature. Ah, so Kai also states that, she, like, at least from his words, we understand that he has apparently decided on marrying Levana. and the only reason that he gives is like too many people are dying and i'm like oh my god you literally are giving up your life for the sake of the country and your con- citizens and just and that too is temporary right like they do understand that she won't be a good empress she mm-hmm. would impose things they are just somehow trying to stop the deaths just for now Stop the deaths. Not just that; it's the irony lies further. The fact that Doctor Erland has, like, examined the antidotes that were that was brought by the lunar queen, the lunatic queen, if you may, uh, and yeah. he has found from the results that 
the reports say that there was a certain ingredient that was only found in Luna that was used in making the antidote. And that's like, that's crucial for manufacturing the antidotes. And so it can't be made on earth. It's, oh my God. It's, it's, it's like a big cruel joke on the face of humanity. And yeah. Yeah. So while this is going on and Kai is like, so I should leave now having told you all the depressing stuff and you being kind of suffering from guilty. I think I should take my leave right now. And while he was going to leave, Pearl appears and shoves some bags and boxes while being rude to Cinder. And Kai doesn't take it very well. And he's like, oh yeah? And no, please and thank you. And Pearl was like, who the hell are you to tell me? And she freezes when she kisses Kai. Oh man. I oh oh the freeze frame. I just imagine that and I'm like, Pearl, midway in <laughs> while she was going to be true, and she says, Oh my god, that's the prince. That's the prince. And Kai's like, okay, Cinder, see you later on. <laughs> I hope you remember me with the gift that I gave you. And he leaves. And Pearl is like, that was the prince. <laughs> she was she's not all cute and cuddly like Peony was. But she obviously has some things. Or maybe it's just the fact that Kai is a prince, but something exists there and he's handsome. So something exists there. And so... Yeah, it is basically he's the prince. He, again, yeah. So he's a prince. So Pearl kind of, when she understands that Cinder knows the prince and like Cinder tries to play it cool, like... He was like just a customer. He, I just prepared a royal android for him. That's all. And when she says that, Pearl taunts him. And she like snatches the gift and tears it open like the wrapping paper. I just hate the fact that she teared the wrapping paper. Only cruel people do that. I swear. I, I, oh, I hate the people who like destroy the wrapping paper <laughs> along with it. I hate that. I hate that. You guys, you are. Oh. So she does that. And then she like looks at the gift and scoffs and she's like, is this a joke? Send a draws closer with her one foot on her body. And then she like, when she sees the gift, it was the glove which was, and it's in the one of the last lines of the whole chapter, it's expressed that's the only luxurious thing or the most beautiful thing she owned. And it was a, like a glove which went up to the elbows that could be worn to the ball. But at the same time, it was like lined with laces and whatever. And just, it was just elegant. While this is like, Cinder is feeling so many things. Pe- peony, I was going to say peony. The cruel mind. <laughs> Pearl takes a jab at Cinder's being a cyborg and like, oh, so he didn't notice your shortcomings, shortcomings being Cinder's being a cyborg. And Cinder is like, oh, so did he notice you? You being the whole ass human that you are. And while I love Cinder's comeback at this point, what Pearl does next, that just, I don't know. It's like a small act, but it speaks so much like it affected me heavily. So Pearl takes the glove, throws it on the ground. And then he, then she takes a toolbox and upturns it on the gloves 
so that all the screws and nails and whatever all the devices are like strewn on the floor and even go out on the street and people start watching and she's like hey you know what clean up i'm going to need your help later on at night because you know what i'm going to the ball and you are not and that's cruel and then she leaves and she is there picking up her gloves now stained gloves which yeah because there's this grease spots on the gloves and the chapter ends in if there was one thing she knew from years as a mechanic it was that some stains never came out i don't know what is it about this sentence it just something about it hits me so hard i don't know why i don't get the philosophy i don't get the metaphor i don't i can't i it affected me i don't really think that she was talking even talking about other cruel stuff i really think the stain she is talking about is more like uh, you know the gesture kai made like you know you cannot really take that away i i really think that i would like to think that she has been through enough horrible stuff uh... to be stained more by those i don't know maybe it's optimist in me or whatever yeah we can change the stain to something positive we can think of it something yeah. sweet so <laughs> with that bit of sweet ending of this chapter we come to the end of this episode <laughs> that was really a weird tone with which i ended this episode but yeah if you would like to join us in our journey through social media especially instagram i think you can always click on the links given below we would really appreciate that and if you want to send us a voice message surely do that we are waiting guys so please <laughs> seriously we want our first voice message so badly we want to hit, listen to your voices <laughs> so yeah. yeah with that we come to the end of this episode finally you see you next time love you and love yourselves stay tuned have a good life bye bye, bye.